is the Team Clear Coat Podcast. We're two friends finally doing something about our obsession with cars. We're probably not doing it well, but it should be fun, and we might actually learn something along the way. I'm Dave. And I'm Ian. And this is our show. Hello, Dave. Ian, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Yeah? Uh, we have a guest in the blanket fort today. Like, we do. Actually in the blanket fort. Right? No Skype nonsense. Yeah, none of that bullshit. No messenger pigeons, yeah. no smoke signals. <laughs> it is in person. Yep. We managed to sucker somebody into coming into the blanket fort. Yeah, and, and to quote ourselves, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so with us today in the blanket fort is Nathan Adlin uh, from uh, TFL Car and everything else. Hey, Nathan, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for inviting me out here. This is this is awesome, guys. For those of you who are listening, this looks like a f- uh, like a fort underneath a bed uh-huh. with with flashlights. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. It's it's a little interesting, and it's in their basement. And there, I was looking for the lotion, and for somebody to say it rubs the lotion. <laughs> so There's a basket we're gonna lower down later. Yeah, I'm a little. I, I was a little concerned. I'm cool now. You guys are giving me coffee. Everything's great. Uh huh. Yeah, that's just how we ease you in. Yeah. yeah. This is also the place I go when there's a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, so it's, this is uh, yeah, it's, it's great to be here. I'm glad you guys are local because otherwise, I would have been Skype, and I hate using Skype. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ugh, lame technology. I know, damn technology. Yeah, <laughs> responsible for both of our well-being. But whatever. <laughs> you can't get you can't put all this motion towards own face that's, on Skype. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You can't yeah. do it. Or or a podcast, which is an audio only medium, so right. can work on that. Yeah. Anyway, car podcast. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Nathan, (laughs) you are a member of uh, the TFL team, uh, and you also write for a bunch of other stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I got into automotive media uh, uh, technically about 20 years ago. But before that, uh, my family used to own some of the largest wrecking yards in Southern California. And I grew up as a kid and as a young adult working there. Um, and it was, it was a great way to grow up. It's fantastic. It's a really good way to see how horrible the auto industry can be. Okay. When, when you're cleaning up teeth from a broken window, trying to sell a car off to a crusher. Uh, so that's the negative and, or for some or the positive for others. And then the other side of it is, you know, you can really see how engineering works, uh, in so many ways and you can weld together cars and have fun. I mean, there's a lot of things that having a wrecking yard background is awesome for uh, currently, I work for TFL Car, TFL Truck, TFL Now. Uh, TFL Now is our new channel, and it basically is like not the throwaways, but it's like live blogs that we put together. We'll throw in there, and um, okay, yeah, certain things from the road, this, the lower quality stuff that hasn't taken a month to edit together. And then we also have TFL Classics, which is kind of our, one of our smaller channels, and it's all on YouTube. Um, and then now, uh, over the past couple of years, I've been working with AutoWorks TV. And that is a pay-per-view style uh, a la carte channel okay. that'll do 24-7 uh, all automotive, a lot of original content, kind of like Take Velocity without the boorish bullshit that they sometimes throw out there <laughs> and without the fake reality that's scripted. Uh-huh. And uh, then you've got AutoWorks TV, um, and that's you know, like two bucks a month or whatever, uh, and you can watch 24-7 unique stuff and with guys like Stacey David and... Um, you know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a fun thing to do. It's a project that's on the side and they also show some TFL stuff from time to time as well. So it sort of cross pollinates. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right on. Very cool. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, that's right. we're, we're both fighting off. Cold. I know it's, it's kind cold. of funny. Half of it. We're just sitting here just trying not to cough into the mics. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Um, so one, one thing we did want to ask you about, so you, you did, um, uh, a big project with, with TFL, uh, doing the, uh, the motor mountain project where yeah. you went to all the, the highest point, highest drivable point in every, all in every states. state, all 50 damn states. <laughs> well, that was rough. Yeah, yeah. That I call it purgatory, but other people call it fun. Yeah. And um, you just finished that up, right? Yeah. Well, uh, April. Okay. What happened was we got we took delivery of the Jeep and the Jeep trailer in April at the Easter Jeep Safari, mm-hmm. which, well, Easter, April, yeah. And that was a year, a little over a year ago. And we left directly from there and started the 50-state the run. And we would come back to Denver and Boulder. Well, we're based in Boulder. And we would do another loop and another loop and another loop. So we'd do the Midwest, then we'd do the East Coast. And, you know, it, it bits and pieces... Yeah, everybody said that we were stupid for doing it. We didn't know what we were getting into, and, and they're they're right in many ways. <laughs> we, we had no idea how hard it was going to be. It took me away from a lot of what I love, which is to drive and write about and do videos about cars. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, I might be bitching about it, but I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. Okay, I okay. did forty-seven states, um, a majority of them with Andre Smirnoff, who's our producer, uh, or as I like to call him, Capitan, because he does have a tendency to sink things or try to make things float. It's <laughs> a whole other story, right there. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, we got real. We bonded quite a bit, uh, and you know, all, all of us at one point in time or another had driven to some states together. I drove with Roman to several states, and to, with Emmy, if you recall Emmy, mm-hmm. and it was man, it was amazing. But at the time. You know, when you're when you're spending a week on the road and doing all this filming and all this hard hard work, and it was hard work. You're not reviewing cars. You're not right. going to, to press events. You're not going to races. You're not going to car shows. So it was really difficult to squeeze that all in. It was probably one of the toughest years I've had a TFL car. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, you covered some distances. I mean, even just looking at, I just uh, you know, was kind of going back through and, and rewatching some of them and. Uh, just the Michigan to Minnesota leg must have been uh, must have been desolate because I don't think people realize how desolate. I went to school for a year in the UP. Oh wow, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's there's nothing up there, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, it that one was rough. Well, when he got to Minnesota, that was when Emmy had the bright idea to go on a seven mile hike up a hill <laughs> to Eagle Mountain or whatever it was to hide uh-huh. one of our bell buckles. By the way, that's one of the ones that hasn't been discovered yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I think some animal choked on it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait. Yeah, until a mosquito find it. It's to come through the other way. It's a mis- mosquito probably flew off with it. <laughs> it took a lot. It's a big belt buckle. But um, yeah, that was a tough, tough climb. Um, and yeah, that area, I mean, it's beautiful. Some of it is absolutely fantastic, but yeah, there's there's desolation as well. Yeah. Michigan is a really weird place because yeah, the upper peninsula completely different than the rest of the place. Yeah. Completely. And the people are different too. That's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Youpers are their own. Youpers? That's what they're called? Youpers. Yeah. They call themselves that. And when they were calling themselves that, nobody told me what that meant. Okay. And Uh I'm thinking, is this some sort of insult? Right. Uber? Uber, you sucker. (laughs) No, they're they're referring to their own species. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody bothered giving me that uh, 411. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, we can can talk about Youpers as much as you want. Like, uh, I, I lived in lower Michigan for five years. And I went to school in uh, Houghton, Michigan, which is like, you know, the peninsula that sticks up into Lake Superior. Yeah. It's yeah. like at the end of the Keweenaw Peninsula. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who did not like you that they sent you to school there? Oh, so I, uh, I was, you know, the deal was I had to go to in-state school. Uh-huh. So I picked the one that was furthest from home. Uh, and okay. It was a 10-hour drive. Dear from God, just in the same Flint. state. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. it okay. was uh, it, it was legit, and 
I mean, you know, driving through there, there's stretches in the UP where you don't see people for long periods of time. Wow. Yeah, it, it definitely affected me a little bit because there was a point where we got lost and then the navigation completely freaked out. <laughs> And there's nothing better than having to ask directions when you have three phones uh-huh. and navigation in the Jeep and you have a map and you're still gunning out at some little rinky-dink gas station yep. that I don't think has been used since the 70s. But there's still <laughs> somebody still there. There's, there's somebody there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and Ethel or whatever. And, you know, this guy's like, well, you really went the wrong direction. And then he turns around and walks away. I swear to God that happened. <laughs> I wish I had it on video. But it's just like, which way did I go? And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is just like those stupid-ass horror movies. Oh, yeah. Right. Great. Yeah, this is how they start. Mm-hmm. And then somebody's going to suggest splitting up. Yep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, and, you know, being the big, fat, bald guy, I'm the first to die. <laughs> I'll be on the spigot being eaten before any of the other guys. And then Emmy will make it to the end because she's the cute blonde. Yay! So, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was uh, I, I'm sorry about your, uh, your home thing. But I also know for a fact... <laughs> <laughs> that somebody else was brought up in Kansas. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Thank oh, you. Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, thank you. That's not much better. Step up. No, of. not. Yeah, <laughs> sideways. Yeah. yeah. Missouri. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, welcome to Colorado. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's uh, great to be here. I know, seriously. All three of us are transplants, so yeah. this is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's get back to some of the 50 states. Please, uh, please, please. Yeah, give us, some of, give us some of the lows, give us some of the highs. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that when I was in New Hampshire, it went up to Mount Washington. Okay. And that was by far the best because it was a total surprise. Right. It, I, it was expensive. I think it was like 20 bucks per person or something like that just to drive up the, the, the private road. And they have a cog railway. But it's not like ours, which is right. I don't know, from the 70s or whatever. They actually have one that's steam-powered. Oh, holy cow. Which is really cool because – and it's canted at, a, at a, almost a 45-degree angle to the Jeez. tracks going up this hill. But as you're going up, you're having all these different types of weather conditions as you progress up yeah, the hill. Yeah. And then you're listening to this uh, – CD, which, you know, I kind of was thinking, well, what if you don't have a CD player? But anyway, they gave you a CD at the entrance, and you listen to this thing as you're going up the hill, and it's fantastic. They actually hired some decent actors. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And there was a connection to Colorado, too, which is, it's kind of a lengthy one, but simply put, one of the first cars to go up that trail to the top of Mount Washington was a Stanley Steamer. Okay. The the Stanley Hotel, which is in Colorado. Estes Park. Estes Park. Well, the the Stanley family, that's their hotel. That was their hunting lodge for a while. Anyway, the Stanley brothers, one of the brothers, was the one who built that car and drove it up that hill. Holy cow. Okay. Yes. Okay. So there's the connection. It took an hour. But it's, you know. <laughs> and, and at the top of the hill, snow and super uh-huh. high winds. Some of the highest winds ever were recorded up there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's like these two peaks that kind of come together and funnel wind. It's like they've had a, over 200 mile an hour winds up there before. That's right. Recently, yeah. there's some place, I think in Australia or down or somewhere other than America. How about that? One of those. One of those other. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they recorded a slightly higher speed. But for the most part, I mean, they literally have a cabin that's held down by chains. I can't okay. do not. Okay. And yeah. uh, it's it's really cool. So that was like one of my favorites, obviously. Nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. I did that same drive like oh. uh, three years ago. Uh, it was Awesome. You're Wasn't right. that it, the best? And and you're you're like I'm not that high up. Like, right. Yeah. Really, it's only like nine thousand or seven thousand feet. It's, nothing it's, like it's that. It's less than that. It's like six. Six and change. Six, six nine. Yeah, yeah. You can okay. look it up. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, but it's um it, it's not a very big hill. Yeah. And you know it's it's prominent. It stands out. But what's cool is it the amount of like research. Its own weather patterns. It has its own weather patterns, and and they're able to actually do research there. Yeah. For Arctic explorers and everything else. Oh, okay. And it's just freaking awesome. Nice. So that was definitely one of the you know the really 
positive ones I went to. And I think, you know, there were a few that we weren't able to get to. Uh, there, I think it was in Vermont. Uh, the mountain was closed. Okay. So we had to find, you know, we had to use our own uh, GPS to figure out the highest elevation we could get to. Okay. And that kind of sucked. Stuff like that kind of bothered me. But there were a couple of standouts in terms of things that actually surprised me. And people always think that driving through Kansas, and I was about to make fun of you, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You'll um, have plenty of material to oh, do that I'm, I'm, later on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm uh-huh. starting it up now. Uh-huh. Um, but Kansas has this place called Sunflower Hill. And it's this little swelling of a hill in the middle of nowhere. Right. But on the hill, they have all these like sculptures of sunflowers and these real benches. And they're really proud of it. And it's kind of cool to see that. Okay. Because you go to other places and like Delaware. Delaware had a marker literally in the middle of the street right next to a school. <laughs> and it was just like, really? This is it? This is the spot? And sure enough, that was it. And there are like cars like it's a children's zone, right? Cars are flying by 60 miles per hour right by the school. And we're trying to video this whole thing. And I'm jumping out of the way of people who are really ticked off in Delaware. I'm sorry, guys. If you're from Delaware, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> Dude, learn to drive. So I'm like literally leaping out of the way. People are furious because I guess they're trying to get to their kids uh-huh. and be as safe as possible driving 60 in a 25. So that was, that was, dev- and it was also one of the lowest points. But there are all these other ones that really stood out that I didn't expect to have a profound experience and all of a sudden it was. Okay. Florida, of all places. I was just going to ask, what the hell did Florida bring to the table besides meth? <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. Not too much meth where we went. Okay. <laughs> Not too much. A- Andre which and, meant that there was some. Well, you know, how else do you keep me going? Um, no, the, the, the whole thing was um, Florida, we expected not much. Right. And they actually had, we looked, we have to research these things and it's really tough. Oh, yeah, states. yeah. So we, there's a lot of logistical work in order to get us from one state to another. And there's been times where we've done three states in a day wow. on the East Coast. Okay. That was, okay. was rough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is mostly with Andre. And Andre, if you're listening, dude, you're the man. And because we're not on video anymore, you're the fucking man. You're the man. <laughs> he, he's badass. He was putting okay. together whatever I would screw up on with logistics, he would take care of. We had up, you know, if we had no connection, we'd find a way. We'd use a map. Emmy was badass, too. By the way, Emmy Hall, she is a, you know, she does a lot of race driving and adventure driving. She's used to a map. Uh-huh. So as I'm sitting there slowly in, in putting in coordinates, she would like whip out the map, slap me, and just go, here it is right here, goddammit, just go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, okay. I mean, not even enough time for me to put in coordinates. So, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but back to Florida. Yeah, it, it's like 200 feet above sea level. Okay, yeah. And yet, they had this park dedicated to it. Oh, and wow. And they had these trails that were really pretty that went around the park. And we were trying to find a place to hide the damn belt buckle. This is one of the things we did was we geocached these belt buckles in each state, one for each state. And sometimes we'd have people follow us. And oh, okay. It's pretty easy. You know, big red Jeep with a thing that says TFL car on the spare tire. Yeah, obviously it's us. So all of a sudden these people are like showing up and, oh, hey, I think I've seen your videos before. How strange. And here I'm holding the thing in my hand, right? Right. So we had to actually go and hide from them in different places in the woods okay. in Florida. So here we were on the swamps of Florida trying to hide this damn thing <laughs> so they won't steal it from us. And it was just like, oh, God, really? But, but yeah, I mean, who would expect a little 200-foot hill? Right. To, to have to, a park. Yeah, and, a park. Yeah. It was really nice. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, once again, there were a lot of um, places that just were sort of underwhelming or didn't work out too well. Uh, but for the most part, I would say 90% of the time we managed to get to the highest peak or the highest drivable peak in each okay. state. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. It, it was a hell of an experience. And every day that passes that I'm not doing it. Right. And every day that passes that I'm not touching that red Jeep, I feel a little better. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Roman owes me. One day, you know, he's going to buy me. Uh, it's going to be a red Jeep. I know it. Right. Yeah. Be in my driveway. Here you go. With a bow on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it was a hell of an experience. It was that's amazing. We tried to do off roading of some sort in every state, and there's no way we could do it. There's okay. no way time yeah. we could do it. So yeah. we would do like every three states. Sure. Uh, but then you know we found other opportunities. Like we went to California, and here we are towing a trailer, right? And it's built for off-road, and there's the Rubicon Trail, and we're driving a Rubicon. Sure. Well, hell yeah. We're going to do it, and we're going to tow the damn trailer through it, too. It says the thing on the thing. You have to go <laughs> to the thing. Tra- tra- it says yeah. trail rated on it, and the trailer yeah. said trail rated on it, and we had a pincher thingy on the back, so the hell with it. We went with it, and you know, you got people shaking their heads as we pass by going, you're not going to get very far. But we right. did really well. We made it in a few miles, and unfortunately, we don't have a chance to really do it because we have to be in the next state the next right, day. Right, right. And literally, the next day, we're in Nevada. And then okay. the next day we're in Arizona. You know what I mean? It's that type of thing. So we had opportunities. We took them. We did the best we could to make it as entertaining and as fun as possible. And what I really like about the series is that it can kind of stand up over time. We're Eventually, I think we're going to turn it into a, a two-hour um, – and not not really like a discovery show, not quite a documentary, but something sure. like along those lines. Sure. We did one before with a Tatra. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. I didn't see that. No. no. You guys know what a Tatra is? No. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's is that okay. like that 30s car with the fin on the back? It kind of, sort of, yeah. But it's not a 30. Well, it is and it isn't. Uh, <coughs> is, Roman, it, is it a three-wheeled car? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> could kind of drive like one. No, we, we, uh, Roman's from the Czech Republic originally. Okay. Or if Roman, if you're listening, Czechoslovakia. Ooh, that gets mad every time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway. okay. Yeah. So Petrolicious uh, did a uh, did a story on on a Tatra, and that's how that's the only reason I know yeah, what it looks and like. But it, it's it's th- gorgeous. Was, yeah. And the and the one on Petrolicious was an older one. Ours was a six hundred three. Okay. Which was built from the late fifties all the way well into the seventies and didn't change. Okay. The only thing that changed was the engine. But long story short, we took that car, which is by the way air cooled, rear engined, Hemi heads. Okay. V eight. Okay. Swing axle rear suspension, like a Volkswagen Beetle. Yes. Not built for our roads. Uh-huh. So Roman bought it in the Czech Republic, drove it all the way over to Germany, put it on a roll-on, roll-off. Then I came out with Roman and Emmy, and we picked it up in um, on the East Coast and drove it all the way to Pebble Beach. Whoa. Uh-huh. And okay. that damn thing made it. I don't know how, because half the time it was like leaking gas and oil and stuff, and it's air-cooled, and we're yeah. driving through the United States in the middle of summer. An air-cooled V8. That's crazy. Yeah, with no air yeah. conditioning whatsoever. Oh, and it had a four-speed on the tree. No. Yeah, and the linkage is like seriously like 12 or 14 components go uh-huh. all the way back right. to the rear. Yeah, yeah, So, and it, it was never aligned quite right. So Roman, when he would see my, you know, my bear claws grabbing and going, okay, here we go to first gear, he'd freak. Just <laughs> please take it easy on the car. And so I just gently put it into gear. And actually, I really started like, you know, not liking, I, I kind of loved it actually. Okay. It was just such a weird, freaky car. The seats were like, Couches. How can you not fall in love with something like that? It's just a like bizarre that? car. And the yeah. cool thing is the back seat, it's very flat and so is the floor in the back. So obviously Czech Republic, you know, Czechoslovakia back in the day, they'd put dissidents in the back of that thing and shoot them. <laughs> okay. And you would never hear it. Okay. Not from the outside. It was really good with sound quality too. So, so that's what we need instead of the blanket for it. Yeah, oh. we'll just record in a Tatra. Yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. in the back of a Tatra and you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. But, but that was our first adventure video series. So uh, Motor Mountain USA kind of picked up where that left off. Okay. And we just made it bigger. And I think we, we probably overstepped it three or four strides. Okay. But we still did it. We did it within a year. We only had a year to do this. We had to return the Jeep. 
Ah. in April at the at the Easter Jeep Safari. Okay. Jeep wasn't the one who put that on us. We put it on ourselves. But sure. we had to you, know, you have to adhere to that time. Right. right. You have to yeah, you'd have to set some kind of deadline. That Otherwise you just look at Florida on a map forever and just go <laughs> next month. It yeah, is easy month. to find reasons not to go to Florida. <laughs> yeah. It took a lot of work. The hardest part I think was programming for the East Coast and um, then the final southern run. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're talking about, you're not going to the major cities in most of these places. Right. You're going to the backwoods. Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of mountains out there that people, you know, logging trails get to them or whatever. If it's a public road, we would use it. Okay. Um, in fact, when we went to Mount Washington, which isn't a public road, that road is actually, you have to pay for it. Yep, so what right. we decided to do is if you have to pay for the road that you're on, we're not going to hide the thing there. We're not, we didn't want to force our viewers to pay. Sure, of course. So we would hide it somewhere else yeah. and give them the geo coordinates and they'd find it. Sometimes these guys would find it scary fast, um, like within the three hours after we'd leave it. Wow. Uh, yeah, so we've been followed a few times. We were followed in Ohio. Okay. Oh, dude, the guy was on us. I, I, I knew it and I was stupid and I, sh- I shouldn't have left it there. I should have just like waited. Okay. But this guy totally found it in a place that he shouldn't have been able to find it. So <laughs> it was, yeah. So lessons learned. Lessons learned. It was a great adventure. I'd love to do another adventure, but one that takes a whole year out of your life. Yeah, yeah. that's tough, man. It, it, it is. It was, it, once again, it was one of the hardest things. And the other side of it is, you know, our viewers, they're great. Well, I really do respect our viewers, but frankly, there are an awful lot of them who are like, uh, you're still in the red Jeep. You're still in the red Jeep. Oh, okay. oh, you're still in the red Jeep. And they get a little sick of it. And rightfully so. I mean, one of the things we do is we review new cars. Mm-hmm. What we should have done is had a different Jeep every, say, five or six states. Sure, sure. Or a different you know, product from the Jeep. Jeep or Jeep model, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So live and learn. Uh, no, we're not doing another 50-state adventure, but we might be doing something similar to that in the future where we're looking at it. Right now, what we're putting, actually, we're producing a book. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. cool. It's uh-huh. uh, called Truck Nuts. <clears throat> okay. It's coming out pretty soon. Excellent and, title. Uh, yeah, I, I had nothing to do with the title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, we have a book club. We'll have to have you back on. Oh, or, sweet. Or, or somebody associated with the book. Are you allowed to cuss with the bu- book club? Yeah, of course. course. Oh, yeah. oh, hell yeah. All right, I'll be the, bu- the book club happens in the blanket fort, too. So, oh, yeah. God, you guys do a lot in here. Uh, that's yeah. a little scary. <laughs> uh, that's, well, I got it. If you guys only saw this place, you'd understand. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, we, we, we had a really good time doing it um, and it was really hard at the same time so it's okay. kind of like the toughest job you'll ever love type thing yeah, that's yeah. the mentality for it so yeah and you know I, I can't remember every single state especially sure. when we were hitting three states at a time I can tell you that I was really disappointed in Maine um, oh yeah that that seems like it would be cool it was, you know I kept thinking okay it's gonna be right over the ocean it's gonna be awesome right yeah Maine's bigger than you think uh, you look it's at enormous. a map and you live yeah it's, it's freaking big and so we were literally on like the, the border of it and we weren't anywhere near the ocean it's like I'm not going to get my main lobster or the main crab or anything oh, okay. or whatever. And um, I was really disappointed. Everything about it just didn't work out. We went to a hill. I don't think it was the highest, but it was as close as we could get. And on our way out, we were literally right at the border. And I'm pissed off because it's like I have had no culture here. I've, I've learned sure. nothing about the damn state other than Stephen King, one of my favorite writers, lives there. Great. Yeah, yeah, right. He's going to come out and meet us, you know. So that, that was really pissed off. And as we were leaving, I see a McDonald's. I kid you not. And I see this big banner above the McDonald's, and it says, Mick Lobster. Yes. Dude, I'm not kidding. It yes. was Mick Lobster. Yes. Holy cow. And I've I, heard of the Mick Lobster. I slammed on the brakes. Andre's head almost went through the windshield, and he yes. already has his eyes are already bugging out as it is. And I think they got a little bit bigger. And I turn into the parking lot, tearing in there, and he's like, What the hell are you doing? I said, We're having lobster before we're leaving. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's going to happen. So we got Mick Lobster, and I'm sorry, it doesn't, didn't taste very good. <laughs> Andre finished my Mick Lobster. Okay. He's used to bread lines and shit. You know, he's, <laughs> come on. You know, he's, he can 
can handle eating lobster that may have been processed several times over. So, yeah, but nonetheless, I can say that I ate lobster in Maine. At least I can say that. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about Maine, too, is that people don't realize because it, it's the the people of Maine, especially rural Maine, they're they're sort of cousins to the Uper. Oh, They're God. like the East Coast cousins to the Uper. Okay. They're, they're, they're odd folk. There, there. There's a Pennsylvania division as well. They call them the Yenzers. Are you familiar with Yens? Uh, no. no. Is that something that's going to get me arrested? No, no, no. Not, not at all. Uh, so in, in rural Pennsylvania, my mom's from rural Pennsylvania, Johnstown. Um, so now you can probably guess my password for Twitter because... Amish? Uh, you, uh, I do have some Amish in me. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet! Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, yeah. So somebody left the fold at some point. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just be on the side of the road yelling. Rimspringa would... lasted a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so uh, instead of y'all, they say yens. When yens get in town. <laughs> yeah, and so like Pennsylvania Hill folk, this is you know how they talk. When yens get in town, you know. So they call them the yenzers. Yeah. That's hilarious. What's funny is that uh, Andre has a not a thick Russian accent, but it's definitely a Russian accent. And I loved it when I was in the South, having him ask for things. <laughs> yes. Just to watch some of these guys going... <laughs> Where are you from, boy? Yeah, you know, like, yeah exactly. That's an interesting accent you got there. <laughs> yeah. And I would act like I didn't know him, too. I was like, yeah, where is he from? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, rubble, rubble, rubble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and he it, was asking a lot of questions earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was pointing at your gold depository. <laughs> I thought I saw him pull up in a Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny you mentioned that. We saw more Nissans driving through, like, uh, the southern states than anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, they have a plant in Tennessee, yeah. Which we knew about, but they have other plants as well. There's, like, one in Alabama, I think. Okay, okay. And so we, it's like, there are more Nissan Altimas per square foot there oh, than anywhere else in the country. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a yeah. trip. And, you know, here, you know, this guy, you know, with a big purple one and with a spoiler on it. And I'm, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for the camera. Uh-huh. Andre's asleep on the camera and I'm trying to reach over. You gotta get this on camera. And I don't want to piss off the Southerners. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, yeah, he was, I, I really put him through the ringer. So if you're listening, Andre, sorry. Yeah. Well, we're glad you made it alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was fine. I was, yeah. ah, me, no problem. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was challenging. I, I, I really do hope that people watch this and say, you know, I want to get out there and see the States because it's doable. Right. We did 15 a year and I'm not the smartest guy on the block. So for those of you out there who are vastly more intelligent than I, you can do it. Go out and see all 50 States. Find a way. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's worth it. Especially if you get to meet a yupper. What is, what's the way you call your people again? The yun, the yun, yun in Pennsylvania. The Youpers. The Youpers in Michigan. Yeah. Do, the, do, the, do the guys in Pennsylvania watch like the Steelers or anything like that? Do they watch football? I, I think they rub two sticks together to make fire. Okay, so yeah. they're probably uh, yeah. not into pro football. Actually, two pieces of coal. No, yeah. too cold. Yeah. Okay, at least yeah. they're advanced enough for coal. That's, yeah. that's a good start. Yeah. And it's cold country. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, anyway, so that, that's my take on, on uh, Motor Mountain USA. I loved it. Awesome. Uh, and, and it was really hard. Awesome. So. That's awesome. Um, so... I, we did want to talk to you about off-roading because you uh, you have kind of a, a history with off-roading and mm-hmm. you, you do a lot of it. Definitely, we're we're both sort of in the sports car corner of things, and we're right. always we're endlessly fascinated by the divisions of of car culture and the subcultures within and all that. So, you, since you kind of live in multiple worlds, you know, what do you think about? Uh, Sports car guys getting into off roading and and what, how do you how do you get started in that? Well, first of all, um, y- you really need to look at off roading as 
an adventure in itself to actually do the off-roading part. Okay. There's guys out there who've never off-roaded before and they have, you know, various vehicles with three lockers and giant right. tires and everything else and they've never gone off the pavement. Um, I've learned over the, over the years, first of all, I've learned the most important things, which is I don't know everything. Um, if you can admit that to yourself, even if you've been off-roading all your life, which I've done quite a bit of, uh, I've done it with military units. I've done it with people all over the country and all over the world. And I am just learning myself in some ways. So that's the first thing. You have to lose some of your pride and, and listen to other people when they give you, you know, workable advice. Do not get a vehicle that has locking hubs and, and any of that other stuff. No, 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 no. Do not get lockers. Do not get anything. Open diffs. Learn the basics. Understand okay. how momentum works. Understand that the, you, you go to an obstacle as slow as possible, but as fast as necessary. Or you can even reverse that as fast as necessary, as slow as possible. Um, and you can buy an old beat-up pickup truck that's a 4x4 and just make sure it runs right, that it has decent tires. And you could do a surprising amount of 4 buying in a truck, in just a regular, everyday mom-dad truck. Okay. Um, once you've become proficient at just the basics, learn how to change a tire off-road. Perhaps learn how to strap a vehicle in case, you know, you're starting to slide downhill. Do some winching. Have some friends who have one and, that, you know, they can actually help you. Learning these things is just huge. And then okay. you go for the big stuff. And then you start looking at it, investing because you now know what it's like. A really good thing to do is Easter Jeep Safari, it's huge. It's, it's like Burning Man. It's just you can't walk more than 15 feet without bumping into something that's off-road worthy. Um, and I'd say about three-quarters of those guys overbuild their vehicles at some incredible scale. Okay. You don't need that to start. You need something like a Suzuki uh, Sidekick. Right, right. That costs yeah. a thousand bucks and yep. it leaks and it barely works, but it can go off-road. And learning how to put the tires on and learning about the suspension and how the suspension geometry can actually help you or hurt you. Right. A lot of these guys who lift these things up to the sky and all, for some reason are putting on massive 22-inch wheels with no meat on them. Uh, they don't make a lot of sense to a lot of people, but that's what they want to do, and that's cool. I have no problem with people who want to let make their cars look cool. But off-roading doesn't mean cool looking. Right, right. So start hanging out with guys who you know are going off-road occasionally and see what they do. Ask them questions. I would say about 99% of the people I've met who are true off-road enthusiasts are about the nicest, most welcoming people out there. And they want you to drive better because... It's their ass on the line as well. If you're up on top of a hill and you don't know what you're doing and you roll your buggy yeah. and you crush 15 people, then you probably have not only ruined other people's day, but you also have ruined the opportunity for other people to go on that trail Exactly, it's going to be closed down. Yep. And that's a big, absolute truth. So, yeah, learn the basics first. And the basics, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's common sense, but then there's some other things on top of there that are just great. Here's an example. Uh, Tommy, I don't know if you've seen Tommy, but he is, he's, I like to call him the brain trust of TFL. He's Roman's son. Okay. And he's had a few Jeeps. He recently got a, a new one. And it's a really simple Jeep. It has a six-speed manual transmission, has, I believe, an electric locking rear diff, and that's it. The rest of it's pretty much basic. And he is off-roaded in that vehicle, and it's gotten better and better every time he does it. He learned in a much older vehicle, a YJ, that, uh, no, not a YJ, whatever it was, um, but an, an older Jeep that he was sure. bashing around off-road, and he learned a lot in that. Well, in between those times, he'd actually hang out with other people who were off-roading, professionals, and learn from them. So this is somebody who, at 18 years old, probably knows more than people nearly twice his age, given okay. that he was willing to be receptive for right. information. Right. 
So at the end of the day, spending $60,000 on a Jeep that weighs 6,000 pounds that you throw an armor on and you have uh, three winches that you have lights up the yang, all of that is completely unnecessary. Right. You need to start with the basics and work your way up. Um, I actually noticed that. Uh, do you guys ride motorcycles? No, bicycles. But, uh, oh, I do. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Were your parents married? Was it, um, Grew up under power lines. Uh, it's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh-huh. okay. okay. Yeah. Um, no motor whatsoever, huh? Just just legs? Yeah, just legs. Jeez, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh-huh. Just powered by taffy. Uh-huh. Yep, okay. and, and candy. And yeah. candy. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. wow. Bl- black coffee. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but if, if so do you, do you have um, mountain bikes? Oh, yeah. I've, I've got them all. Okay. Yep. So when you're mountain biking, when you're riding off road in any vehicle, I, there are I, some basics. I was thinking of parallels to cycling when mm-hmm. you were when you were talking, not just because that's what I think about anytime anybody's <laughs> talking, but because it, it seems like there are a lot of parallels there. Oh, there certainly are because yeah. you're in a, you're you're in a vehicle that you're that's being powered, right? Even though in this case it's by coffee and taffy. Yeah. Uh, but you're still going over obstacles, yes. and to go over obstacles successfully, yep, you have to understand the physics of the vehicle you're in. Exactly. And there's one thing, and I do this off the record. I don't talk about this with video because with video, I only have like 30 seconds to talk. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. But I tell people spatial awareness is the most oh, important yeah. thing. Yeah. You have to know what's around you and you have to know your vehicle. With your bike, you have to know how, what your clearance is and yep. how far your stroke is when you're pedaling. How many gears? You probably have, what, 30 or something like that? Or ridiculous. Uh, just 18 on my mountain Oh, just bike. 18. That's, yeah, just 18. <laughs> there was a yeah. time when five was considered, wow, awesome. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, and Roman, by the way, is a bike guy. He's a triathlon. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's he's in it. I, I make fun of him because he has bikes that are worth more than like my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's the one thing I don't do or don't have. Yeah. Carbon fiber bike. It just drives me yeah. crazy. Um, I do have one, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, but no. So, so I... Uh, so I, I typically, my favorite bikes are steel bikes. I have a steel mountain bike and a steel road bike, right? Um, because I'm a six foot four ginger, uh, I need a compliant ride, right? And my steel bike, my mountain bike is a hardtail. So it only has front suspension. And a lot of times on the trail, there's a point where you, you have to make a determination where you can just throw the bike at it. it at something and it'll sort it out, right. right? Like it can it can handle a certain amount, and and if I spent more money on a different bike, I could throw it at more things, and the bike would sort out more things for me. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. But it, but starting with a just a you know I didn't even have front suspension when I started, um, but starting with a bike like that and learning you know. Uh, how to properly keep your pet, you know, cranks flat and how to properly distribute your weight over things. Having all of this, you know, this learning, the only thing money is doing is just allowing you to throw just the bike at more things without having to think. Right. Right. It, it, and that's exactly where you're going. You're going in the right direction when you're talking about the comparison to off-road vehicles. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have the super beefy, you know, axles, and if you have articulation up the yang, and right, you're right. three feet off the ground, you're using less of your brain and using exactly. more of the vehicle. And and right. that's that's what I, I'm against that when it comes to to learning. Right. Now, once you've gotten to a point where you really do know what you're doing and you're not making a you know full of yourself. Is it off-road. nice to have? Sure. Sure. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And and then by then you also know what you want. Because, right, and that's right. the cool thing about off-roading and the Jeep culture in general is that 
rarely will you see two Jeeps that are exactly alike. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else wants this type of bushing. Somebody else wants this type of thing. Sometimes it's just cosmetic. But in so many cases, these guys love to go out and just fine tune what they like with their own thing. Or, oh, yeah. Or they'll hero worship and they'll see a vehicle that they like and they'll build it exactly like that. Yeah. And that's okay too. But the point is, is that when you're getting started, one of the best things you can do is just take it easy in a vehicle that is easy to drive and that if you completely cream it and kill it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I hate to say $1,000 doesn't matter, you know, but it doesn't matter if, if that's all you're spending on your vehicle. So Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of parallels in car culture, mainly from if you show up to X car culture event uh, and just show that you are interested and want to ask questions more than... Uh, more often than not, you're going to meet really nice people w- because I've heard stories about hella flush stance bros and <laughs> like how oddly accepting their culture is, you know, and like, yeah, off-road people, uh, autocrossers and Mini Cooper folks, you yeah. know, like, yeah, like all of these people are hyper approachable, you know, and, and Ian and I have had really good experience on, on our own and we're two bumbling idiots. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, Jay, look, I, I work with bumbling. We, we're fools that have a camera and fortunately have an audience yet people are receptive. And as long as they understand, and usually it's pretty quick that you're not there to parody them. You're not there exactly. to make fun of them, yeah. but you actually appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. Usually you'll find some very amicable people, people who want to talk to you, people who want to show you what they have. And, and yeah. talk about what it took to build it. There's nothing quite like the pride in building up a car. Right. There's nothing quite like the pride in actually having a vehicle that works. Yeah. That you actually put together or you, you bought the parts and had someone else put it on, but you still had it done. Yeah. And it's incredible how that goes through all different forms of car culture. And there are so many different types of car culture out there. So I, I drove by a, a park near my house the other day and there were a bunch of donks in it. <laughs> yeah. And I thought like, oh man, like I want to stop and like, I need to ask these guys. I want to talk to these people about their dogs. I didn't, and I'm kicking myself for doing it because I want, to, like, I, I, I want to. I'm dog friendly. I want, <laughs> I want to go see what's up with the dogs. I want to ask them about their dogs. If as long as you go in with that open attitude right. and just say, "Look, guys, I don't know what the hell you guys are doing, but I want to learn about it." Right. They're usually pretty cool. I I had an opportunity to do a bit of an interview in San Antonio, not San Antonio, El Paso, Texas, with a guy who owned a. Uh, a donk. It was okay. A 1979 um, Oldsmobile Omega, and nice. he lifted yeah. it up to the sky, and he had, I don't even remember how big they were, 80-inch? I mean, they were huge. They were, right. it was the biggest thing you could put on there, the one with the um, the three-bladed configuration, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. super chrome, and he drove it every day to work. It was insane. Uh-huh. And so he, he recognized me, and I was just walking around looking, and I, was just, I wasn't really going to be doing it. I was literally, you know, it's a car show sort of. Right. And he said, hey, you know, you want to check out my car? I said, yeah, sure. And he brings me up to into his car, and look, I'm nearly six foot two, and I could barely climb into the damn thing. It was so high off the ground. So he, has this, he had this um, mini two-step ladder that he pulls out. Yes. Every day and yes. to get into his car. So yes. he, he gave it to me and I got up in there and he brought his kid up in there too and his little kid seat in the back and look, guys as happy as you know that you could be and he drives down the street and I feel every single imperfection in the sidewalk and every single imperfection on the street. I would imagine. Yeah. Everything. The because, bushings are just <laughs> a metal on metal. It's all, yeah. It is metal on metal yeah, actually. Yeah. And um, he actually had to put in a different uh, rear end and he brought he got it out of his old Chevy pickup truck so he had okay. thicker axles and whatnot. And it just it was really difficult. And then he finally said, "Hey, why don't you drive it?" Because he told me about his car and everything else. Sure. 
So I drove a donk. And okay. um, thank God it had power steering. Um, <laughs> old school 70s power steering, too. So it was like I could turn it with one finger on the steering wheel, you know? Okay. And uh, I turned it, and I noticed the seat for the, the kid was not exactly buckled in, and he slid across the car the minute I turned. And, you know, his, his dad was cool about it. It's like, oh, he's not crying, it's all right. Um, and, you know, it, it, they're not easy to drive, but there's a point to it. Every single person on the street who actually was looking at the car right. was laughing, giving thumbs up, right? doing high fives and, you know, everything else. The car is about parody and fun. It's about, you know, building something that's amusing. It, it's not about performance. And so people right. who get all pissy about, oh, you, you ruined the car. And it's like, yeah, there are so many cars that are ruined nowadays. Exactly. Um, but the art form of it, and it is an art form. Some of the cars, the paint jobs they have are extraordinary. Right. Yeah. Some of the mechanics actually go into making these things drivable. Blows my mind. Yeah. Especially because yeah. I look at it and go, how do you survive? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. How do you have that much unsprung weight? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it's on, you know, something that's literally painted on rubber. Right. So yeah. it's, it's insane. And these guys make it work. And it, it's fun. It's just funny stuff. When I was a kid growing up in LA, uh, lowriders we were really yeah, yeah. And back then it was the same type of mentality you know oh god what are you guys doing you're destroying the cars and blah, blah, blah. no it was it's a type of culture it's a, right. it's, it's an interesting one too and i remember growing up as a kid actually it was my first experience seeing a uh, woman naked because they were painting her Oh, okay. Airbrushing um, her on the Yeah, they're, they're doing a whole airbrush thing, and it's just fabulous-looking uh, Latino woman, and they're basically putting her onto this car. And on the other side of the car, they have a Mother Teresa. Yeah, I'm just thinking, wow, yes. you covered all the bases there, friend. That's how <laughs> wow. you do it. That's how you do yeah, it. It was awesome. And, um, you know, my family's wrecking yard is, was right by Pacoima, which is very heavily a Hispanic population in that area. But the, the lowriders there were phenomenal. Okay. You've seen the paint jobs. Yeah. You know, and so you, when, when, you, when you see that type of car culture, you know, embrace it or, or just don't talk about it. Just either way. But Right, right. <laughs> Pardon me. That coffee you gave me is getting to me. Yeah. <laughs> I need more of it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> I'm drinking espresso, guys, and it's like uh, 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> well, I, think, I think you hit on something, though, because those, those car sub uh, car subcultures are completely without pretense, right? Yep. There's no, there isn't that, I don't want to say dark side of it, but kind of like uh flip side of the car culture that, you know, the Jeep culture has or, or, uh, or race, race cars or sports cars certainly have <coughs> of people who spend way too much money and are, and are posers. Like you can't really be a, donk poser right right like yeah. that doesn't really you're just a well-funded donk owner right exactly yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe if i did one that was like docker <laughs> docker's khaki themed donk but even <laughs> right. then still right like, that, it, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, that's it's still for the, it's still all about the lulls right yeah so you can't yeah. uh you, it's you can't be a pretentious donk or lowrider owner no you could just have fun with it yeah yeah <laughs> sorry guys we can pause. No, no. Yeah, do you need water? You want some water? No, I'm good. I think okay. I'm all right. I got okay. a, I got another Lacroix over here. Oh, sweet. I'll take that right yeah, now. Okay. Uh -huh. All right. I'm living on the dark side. I Lacroix. I call yeah. it Lacroix, and it's mango. Uh huh. Dude, live on the edge. We say Lacroix because uh, did you ever watch Kroll Show? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, so yeah. you know they have the uh, Wheels Ontario, the Wheels Ontario sketch, and they have the the after Wheels Ontario sketch where they talk about uh, it's the actor. Brian Brian Lacroix. Oh, okay. And okay. it's the like the preteen girl who's like Brian Lacroix did this this week on Wheels Ontario. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, Lacroix. Yeah, that's really inside baseball for a lot of people who don't. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. 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 Um, but I, I agree with you. That type of um, and it's cool because 
yeah, you could build a bad car that falls apart literally as you're driving up. And I've seen that happen too. But it's a lot of fun to see what they'll come up with. Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary. It really is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can be a poser when you go out with your, you know, 83 Mustang that uh, you stole from your dad and it doesn't really run very well, but you brought it out to race anyway. Right. Yeah, I've seen kids do that too. That's <laughs> always fun. Um, but no, this, this, this culture, there are so many different tribes yeah. that are around. I, I know that you guys have discussed the end of car culture or the destruction of it or the death of it. I think it's quite the opposite. I think it's growing like crazy. Well, right. yeah, we, we, we totally agree with that. We, I, Definitely. I, I kind of agree with, uh, and we talked about this a little bit before we started, but um, we had talked about this with Jason Tor- Torchinsky from Jalopnik about you know the, the death of, uh, of, of or the proclamation of the death of car culture has been greatly exaggerated. It's way premature. It just, it's just that it's changing. And I, I have this working theory that it, it maps very neatly to the, the changing, uh, demographics and changing, uh, you know, culture at large. Uh, and it's the same, the same stories that people write about the death of car culture. You could cross off car, car culture and you could write rock music in. Uh, no, I was just going to say metal because I used yeah. to, I used to work in a, a music store and people would always say, Oh, like, you know, metal's dead. Met- like, no metal is just changing. Like right. now we have the sword and now we have red fang and you know, like now we have these great other versions of metal. Right. And it, and it just, it, it, it maps completely with the democratization of all these other cultures that we have going on. It just, cars have just, are just a little bit behind all that. I think in many ways, um, if you look at car culture today, it is, it's a golden period. It's right. quite the opposite. Oh yeah. Yeah. Think about it this way. I can go to a dealership right now and buy a car that can for under a hundred thousand dollars that can go over 200 miles per hour. Right. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 50s, when they were building these cars, half of them were like, oh, hey, we can go 110. That's pretty scary stuff, Joe. But now, <laughs> 200 miles per hour? Right. Are you yeah, you can me? get a Camry that is actually like fast. Nope. I mean, it's boring as hell, but no, it's actually I, pretty quick. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, it's actually interesting. I, I find the positives in, in as many cars as I can, except for the Nissan Versa. But uh, there, are other, <laughs> there are a lot of other vehicles out there that, yeah, in terms of today's technology, you drive them 100,000 miles, beat the crap out of them. You get good mileage. They're safe. They're fast. They yeah. handle okay. Yeah. I, my God. I mean, it is, it's a fantastic time to be a driver, but at the same time, the idea of taking a car apart, getting your hands greasy, busting your knuckles as you're fixing it and making it what you want it to be, it's changed yeah. significantly. It has. Yeah. Um, and the cars that are uh, that you could do that with, the old cars from, you know, once again, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever, those cars are getting more and more expensive. You know, there's those terrible auction shows where they have some jackass bring out a car that shouldn't be worth more than 50 grand and all of a sudden it's being sold for half a million dollars. Right, and right. I, just, I, I look at that and go, oh, God. Because now you know, whenever you go to a wrecking yard, there's going to be some guy somewhere in the world who's going to buy a whole bunch of those shells and yep. parts and whatnot, steal them, basically take them away. Right. So some kid won't be able to get his knuckles dirty and really get in there. And it's a real shame. Um, I think that actually trucks are one of the few things that are left end Jeeps to a certain degree that sort of impart that old muscle car mentality from the past. Yeah. I mean, that's changing too, though. I mean, yes, like, it is. I mean, even scouts are appreciating. I mean, all oh that God, stuff is uh, getting expensive. And, and the ironic thing about what you brought up about those, those, those shows to me is that used to be the picture of car culture. The people who are bidding half a million dollars, you know, the people in the Mustang, uh, you know, polo shirt or uh, uh, what's the, the bowling shirts with the must with uh, Corvettes on them and stuff. 
who are let's they're baby boomers. Uh, they're the ones who are also proclaiming that kids don't care about cars, and they're also the ones that who are, are stealing the damn cars and <laughs> yes. making them so yes. bloody expensive that no kid can buy them. Right. And you know what's happening is that I mean this has been happening for the past I'd say twenty years is that a lot of these kids will find a two forty. Oh yeah, uh, you know, uh-huh. and then strip it down and make it into a drift car. Why? Not just because they want to drift, but because they have an opportunity to afford something they can mess with. Yeah, I mean, and and now, I mean, I'm even seeing those cars appreciating. Oh, the, value, like yeah, you, the, believe. you can't get one. Yeah, yeah. no, you can't, and yeah. it's just uh, it sucks. Right. And so now these kids are kind of facing the thing of, well, I want to go fast and I want to be cool. I'm going to buy this chip and I'm going to take it and have a tuner mess with it and I'm going to put on bigger tires. I'm going to lower it. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And yeah, the car becomes faster and perhaps it handles better. But in reality, they really haven't gotten their hands dirty. Right. And part of the reason why is because we're talking about cars that have more computing technology on board than, well, I'm sure you guys have heard this thing before, as the Apollo program. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. They, they are for the more computational power than many jets that are currently flying today. Yeah. I mean, cars are ridiculous now in that respect. Do I love him? Yeah, hell yeah. I, I mean, I love the technology. It's fascinating. But at the same time, I look at that and go, oh, well, that's one more thing we can't really play with. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I really like that. I really like the era that my Saab hits, 1997, right? Because there's still so much that I can do with that car, and it's only one ECU. You know, like it, it, like you can, you know what everything is when you open the hood. Uh, Sweden made some of it very hard to get to, but uh, like it, it's just that it's an excellent era between uh, having direct ignition, you know, and uh, a, and you know, an ECU for turbo pressure instead of a manual boost controller, and it's still being able to work on it. You know, I, I, that era has certainly passed. One of the few car companies that still builds cars that you can kind of screw around with still is Subaru. Okay. To a certain degree. I mean, you God forbid you get one with a CVT. You can't Oh, dear God. Yeah. But, and I, the whole thing with the WRX with the CVT doesn't compute. Yeah. But let's say you got yourself a current model Impreza. Sure. Not even, not even a WRX, but it had a manual transmission and it has the all-wheel drive system. Well, they're fairly beefy setups. And you can tear the block down. You can change right. things around. You can bore it out. I mean, is it a good idea? Well, you know, I mean, if you have the money to spend, sure, go for it. But... A lot of cars can't do that anymore. A lot of cars, you can't, you tear apart the block, you get it down to its bare essentials, and the tolerances are so tight nowadays that you yeah. cannot go that extra distance and screw around with those cars, not unless you're building a full-blown race car. Right. You know? So that's the tough part about it. It's, it's, it's a weird time we're living in, but it's, I think it's still a very good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we can find parts, you know, online at the drop of a hat. You can break down on the side of the road and need a, a specific fuse, Ian, and post to VW Vortex yeah. and have somebody answer you in like a half an hour, right? Like, this, these are the days we live in. Yeah. Did you paint your exhaust, Ian? Oh, those are, I have a, a, a different exhaust, but yeah, I have uh, black chrome tips on my exhaust. Just asking. Yes. It's, it's all good. It's all I'm, good. Not, uh, I'm not immune from the trappings of VW ownership, no, so no, yeah, I have a, black chrome exhaust tips and LED interior lights. So. Uh, are you, ro- you are the, you're rolling in spinners? No. no, I got no. I did. I did some. I have upgrades. No, we but. we track. Yeah, we track our cars. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm no just spinners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime I see an R32, the first thing I look at is the exhaust because it's one of the first things guys will modify on those. 
making the big bazooka blowers even bigger sometimes. It was one of yeah. the last things he did. It was, yeah. yeah. It was actually, that, that's the last thing I've, I have I did. Well, I know you did suspension. I know you did tires. Yeah. Um, oh, that's pretty obvious. I love that exhaust he has on there. It's the Miltech. It's uh-huh. so business. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. nice. It's like it makes eye contact with you and then just pushes over your drink. Oh, <laughs> it's sweet. just like, I like it is business. Yeah. I like that. The R32 is actually, it's an interesting car because it's representative of, of a bygone time. Your yes. car can be worked on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it and it is often because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's usually broken. <laughs> Not just fuses, but sometimes fuel pumps. Everything from uh, the intercooler on up. Those vehicles are not easy to modify but they are modifiable yeah well mine's uh, so that's the naturally aspirated one that's the uh, oh they they build a turbo kit for it too oh well yeah like all the way up to stage three and just ridiculous numbers yeah yeah I'm sure you've seen that I have yeah Uh, they're they're pricey I haven't done very much power upgrades I just have like intake chip exhaust that kind of stuff most of it's all the money I've spent on it has been uh, fixing things that have broken Uh and then uh, decks. the decks broke on me I have two decks cars because the Turbo X is also a Haldex car. Right, right. And I've had problems with both of them. <laughs> they are expensive when they go out. Some people would ask why you haven't learned your lesson with the first one. Uh, I'm not very bright <laughs> is the answer to that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so both of you guys are absolutely okay with the fact that your vehicles are at a point in time right now where those parts are going to start kind of disappearing, right? The, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not as readily available as it used to be. They, yeah. Be, being Saab owners, we're both worried about that, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with the airbag recall for, <laughs> for yours. Yeah, because they, they've told him, what did they say? They said, it could kill you. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. Yeah. So they <laughs> sent me a letter. This is what I like. This is what I love about this. So the Takata recall, Saab got caught up in that yep. event, uh, towards the tail end of it. They sent me a letter letting me know that my airbag is being recalled, but there's no fix. So basically what they did was they picked the slowest possible form of communication to let me know that I was, uh, basically my death is imminent. <laughs> right. And then, Oh, by the way, we don't have a, a solution for you. I was like, thank, thank you. Yeah. Did they say sorry or kind regards at the end of it or something like that? Did, did they at least try to better They signed it good luck, which I thought was weird, but... <laughs> and free funny. tickets to an ABBA tribute band. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Some There's some smoked herring in the back. Of the- <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man, that's terrible. It, yeah. You know, it, it, we live in an age of, of recalls, and that's because people really are learning about liability. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's been going on for quite some time. And I Well, know, I mean, it's good, though. It's, it means that people aren't just, like, shipping stuff off the door and be like, well, good luck with all that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But in this case, I mean, somebody actually had to sit down at a computer and look at somebody else and go, so what do I write the Saab owners? Oh, just tell them good luck. Screw yeah, that. Exactly. right. Yeah. Nothing yeah. we can do about them. Sorry. And yeah, it's, oh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But, but it, there is that, I guess, you know, cliff that we're going to fall off of when it comes to auto parts, you yep. know, for these cars. And I mean, you know, that just forces us into either making the parts or having, you know, having to get another car. You're, you're in the worst situation though, because well, it, yes, in a lot of ways, but go on. <laughs> well, because the NG 900 is in a weird spot too, because, uh, the night, like the original 900. Yes. Like there's, I think there's probably a little bit more care and feeding Definitely. going on for right the now. classic 900s, yes. right? For people like keeping those up, yeah. And then mine, there's a lot of parts that are shared with other GM cars G- that are yes. still on the road. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Um, 
you're 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 fucked. Basically, yeah, is what's yeah going sorry, on. dude. <laughs> no, I, it, it's going to be when they when people stop wrecking them, when people stop uh, yeah. driving them into the ground and they break down, and then they stop hitting junkyards. That's when I'm going to run out of parts. Yeah, uh, you, you, hopefully by then they'll have 3D uh, part making up to a point to where they'll be able to just turn out whatever you've broken. But sure. that's that's a that's a prayer that may not be answered for another 30 years or something. Yeah, but then I mean, you know, practically, like how much money am I going to spend to keep a 97? sob on the road you know i mean it's it's fun it's stupid um but you know is it really worth the money hell yeah i mean you pull up hello ladies uh, <laughs> my 97 sobbed have you seen one of these before this is rare yeah yeah uh-huh. you, you see less bugattis than this <laughs> Maybe, but not every day yeah um yeah that's the truth though and it's a weird it's a weird uh, period of time that, that the vehicles between the years of say 1990 and 2002 yeah those are going to be some interesting rides in the future, right? Because they are that—that's when they cross the level of going from vehicles that had almost no computer aid right. to having nothing but. And those vehicles, when things go wrong in the future, it's yeah. going to be an issue, right? Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just keep thinking about the amount of copper inside that vehicle, and like it's weathered. You yeah. Know? It, yeah. It's it's going to corrode. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there is good news, and that is there's actually a country that's come online that is absolutely nuts about cars. Okay. China. Yeah. And because of that, they are grabbing cars whenever they can. Uh, they have a really big infrastructure for right. building vehicles and for building parts. True. So when everything else falls apart, and China is getting better and better about it. I mean, some of their parts in the past were terrible. But right, now right. they're getting better and better. They're becoming more sophisticated with their manufacturing process. So those parts that you're worried about, sure, you may be able to find them on Alibaba. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or, or on the dark web, with, in your case. Sorry. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I, I got to fire up my Tor browser to see if I can get a direct ignition cassette. Yeah. yeah. Good, good luck with that. So, I mean, do you, do you know, how much do you know about the the kind of Chinese car culture. Is there an enthusiast culture there? Because all we ever hear Huge. about is like stretched Buicks, right? Like, yeah. You yeah. know, the backseat uh, legroom is always the big thing that we hear and about. And then but... knocking off Range Rover evokes. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But I mean, surely there's an enthusiast culture there as well who likes to drive. Like you wouldn't believe. Um, the AutoWorks that I mentioned before, AutoWorks TV, mm-hmm. well, we got our start uh, through some Chinese investors. Okay. I've been out to China four times. Oh, uh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Chinese car culture there is off the hook. Okay. They're nuts about it. Think back to Tiananmen Square, back when you saw it on TV and you saw the one guy standing in front of the tank and blah, blah, blah. If you remember back then when they would sneak a camera on the street, you would see 100,000 people f- pass in front of the camera on bikes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Fast forward to today. Those 100,000 people are gone. 10,000 are now in cars passing that camera at the same time. Okay. Uh, There's still a lot of people on bikes and and motorized this, that, and the other. But the reality is is that they've had a taste of Western cars, and it is insatiable. Okay. They have more – they will surpass the United States if they haven't already in terms of car production, export, and import. Okay. They have – almost every major automaker has a manufacturing plant in China now. A lot of them don't advertise it because there's a lot of anti-Chinese sentiment. Sure. But the reality is it's a big country, and they have a very strong middle class that's been growing for years, and they are hungry for cars. But here's the crazy part about it. Half of these people have never driven a car before. Okay. They literally buy them and jump in. Now, they do have car driving tests and whatnot. But you're coming from a culture to where having something running by steam was something your grandpa drove, not a Buick. And all of a sudden, you're about to jump into a car that – 
is technologically advanced and maybe has components in it that you've never seen before, and yet you're going to be driving and around every day. The cities are getting bigger, and as they're getting bigger, they demand more vehicles. So China, for a while there, was just buying up everything they could get their hands on. Right, yeah. And they have, even though their um, upper class is, you know, in terms of numbers uh, per capita, much smaller than perhaps the United States, they still have big, big, big numbers. So combined, they're, I mean, they've got tons of billionaire spoiled kids running around there. Right. Buying Lamborghinis and Ferraris and crashing them the next day. I'm sure you guys have seen some fantastic video footage <laughs> yes. of yes. cars, really expensive Ferraris on the side of the road, like five of them crashing all at the same time. Yeah. It's not because they're bad drivers. It's because they're impatient and they haven't gone through what a lot of people do go through in order to learn to drive and actually get, work their way up to a sports car. Sure. So that's instant gratification. Now they're at a point to where there's so much smog, um, right. and it's not from just the cars. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, in Beijing you have the Gobi Desert right there, and a lot of fine particulates get into the air, and then of course you have factories that are spewing, you know, coal and whatnot, and then you have the cars. So, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of contribute to it. Um, but now China is hugely investing into electric power plants. Yeah, like yeah. you wouldn't believe they want to have. 50% of their cars electric within the next few years. They have the infrastructure to actually make that happen. Yes, they do. And still, you know, in the smaller areas where, you know, internal combustion works just fine. And, you know, these cars that they're driving, they're not puking out tons of smoke. The stuff that you guys are talking about in terms of uh, the clones mm -hmm. that they build, yes, there are still some shameless companies that build sure. cars that look just like them but are powered by you know, something that was used back during, you know, the Korean War. Um, they have, uh, that's a dwindling part of the culture. Okay. Uh, they still clone vehicles, but usually more industrial-based ones, small pickup trucks and what have you, uh, K-style cars like the ones in Japan. Oh, yeah, Trucks yeah. and whatnot. They have a whole bunch of those that they clone or they build via license of some sort. Um, but yeah, then again, you turn around a corner when you're at the Beijing Auto Show and you see what looks like a Hummer but there's something wrong. And you're <laughs> okay. in the twilight zone. It's like you're on acid looking at a Hummer. What the hell went wrong? And yeah, they clone it. I mean, they have different laws and reg regulations out there. Right. But they're not selling them in the United States, not selling them in Europe. They're not really selling them anywhere other than right. their home market. So yeah, right. no big deal. So one thing I kind of want to get back to, and, and I'm glad you brought it up, is that leapfrog in going from never driving to now they get in a Buick with Bluetooth and all of this stuff. Like th that kind of, that kind of thing has happened in those markets before specifically with internet access and broadband. Oh yeah. Like, uh, you know, they went from phones like actual, you know, tip and ring pots lines to three G like yep. they didn't go through like a lot of the things that we went through in America with internet access, broadband, you know, dial ups and, and things like that. They just went straight to three G and 4G. And that's exactly, that's a really good parallel to how they went up to cars from driving vehicles that are basically a rickshaw with a small engine. Right, right. And it's like a Briggs and Stratton engine that you just right. fire up and move to having a sophisticated Mercedes Benz or even something that, you know, like just a regular Nissan or Honda, you know, everyday car still extremely advanced. And, and then to ask them to make that leap to electric vehicles is, is not, is just another normal step like that. That's, that's what not they're hoping for. Yeah. That's not going to be unattainable. No, but they have a big problem, which is they already have, you know, millions of cars and they are, they proliferate in so many markets. So they need to actually go and tell their people who are now used to cars and Western stuff. Right. Yeah. You know what? You know what? We don't want you driving that anymore. 
we want you driving these electric vehicles. Now, your range isn't going to be quite as good, and it's going to be more expensive, and there are certain limitations, but we still want you to do that. Now, right. granted, it is a communist country. Right. However, their civil liberties have changed. They're not really their liberties, but their, their expectations have sure. changed. Sure. So getting this and moving over to that type of thing, oh, it's going to piss them off. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can tell you now. But they're on top of it. You know, they actually have a city that they're building. It's called Baoding. Uh, just outside of Beijing, and that city is being built up as a green city. They're going to have solar plants everywhere. Okay. They're going to have wind power and all this other stuff, and they're going to be building electric vehicles in this town. Okay. And it's going to be a model to show the rest of the world, look, we're doing it. You know, we're right. really on top of it. And they are. Uh, it's just slow by our standards, I think, in terms of their change. But you will find within the next 10 years, <clears throat> I'd imagine, that China is going to surprise a lot of people with the amount of electric mobility that they're going to be harvesting. Right on. Yeah. Right on. God, I sound pro-China. Jeez. My father, who was an anti-communist in nine different ways, is rolling in his grave. Oh, God. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Team Clearcoat, helping you piss off your relatives. Oh, God. Yeah. Reach beyond the yeah. grave and piss them off. That's yep. yeah. Come on, Team Clearcoat. Disappoint your parents. That's pretty much. <laughs> We're already doing it here. Yeah. Why, yeah. Not? why, not, why not join us on, that, on this journey? What, what do you say we play some FMK cars? Ian? Let's do it. Is, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, yes, but let's... Let's yeah. let's uh, let's make it uh, palatable at a uh, reasonable time period for. Yeah, sorry, I, I know I, I, I drove no, on and on. No, no, no. Uh, let's see here. So, FMK Cars. We'll go ahead and explain it for the listeners. It's a game. Uh, fuck Mary Kill. So it's a game Ian and I invented when I was bored at a conference in LA two years ago. Uh, fuck means you drive the car for a day. You hit it. And quit it. As the youths say. As, as I don't the, think any youths actually say as that anymore. As the yinzers say. <laughs> um, uh, M, Mary, that means you, that is your daily driver, warts and all. Uh, K means you kill it, you send it to the crusher immediately. So, What type of conference were you at, dude? A very boring one. <laughs> what, what, what inspired this? You know, you're just looking at people going, I just fucking hate that. I think, I think it started with a game of Would You Rather, and then we expanded it to three cars, and yeah. that's how it got started. Well, uh, we, so we used to drive down the street. Oh, yeah. And just, we would say, we as we would pass parked cars, we would just say, no, no, yes. And then, you know, like, then we would argue about about whether a car was a yes or not, and then it just kind of snowballed into FMK. You know, I highly recommend you go to South Central Los Angeles and play that game in a convertible. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. you will get great reception. <laughs> they love it. Trust not, me. not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Ian, you want to go first, buddy? Yeah, sure. So okay. I'm, I'm going to do one uh, that doesn't have a catch. So sometimes these have catches. Uh, I'm going to do one without a catch, just straight up. This one is called, My Enthusiasm Manifests as Derision. Cars that enthusiasts look down upon for whatever reason. So these are okay. All right. So these might be poser vehicles or something like that. That enthusiasts going, yeah, you know, you're not really an enthusiast. Well, you'll you'll see where it's going. Okay, go for it. All right. So, and I would ask you to please show your work. So, you know, explain explain your thinking. Okay. All right. Fourth gen Toyota Prius. So then it's kill the, the new Prius. Just, <laughs> no. Well, okay. With Ian, spoiler alert: you have to wait because the oh, cars get the cars get worse. Okay, Ian. They, sorry, they, they may away. not. Yeah, they may not this okay. time. 2017 Chrysler Pacifica, fourth generation Honda CRV. God, you why guys, would you do this to our guest? Did you I'm stay not, up at night figuring this out? Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> now, now people are going to hate my answer on this. Um, 
But it's your answer. I'm actually curious about the new Prius because I've I've driven a an earlier generation Prius and hated it. And we've argued about it on the podcast yes, before. Because I, I think the Prius is a viable vehicle. But okay. anyway. Yeah, you sound like Roman. Um <laughs> no, I, I, okay, real quickly about the Prius. The new one has an independent rear suspension. They they, they never right. had that before. And it does handle really good. Huh. Which pisses me off because I hate the way it looks. Yeah. And I, I really don't like too many Prius drivers because some of them are just so snarky. But but it's a well-built car. It gets yeah. really good mileage, and now it handles half decently. Right. And I would still kill it. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, All can't, right. I can't. Okay. I just can't. There are other hybrids out there that are better in terms of that would fit my personality that have right. some other personality. Okay, so there's the kill. Uh, and I would stoop the uh, CRV. <laughs> I would get in there, and I would roll up to a bunch of like um, – are we allowed to say MILFs and GILFs on this thing? You can say whatever you Do want. Do I have to define what they are? No, or? I think everyone pretty much yeah. knows. You better yeah, know. This is the internet. Okay, so, uh, and I'd roll up and was like, well, ladies, I'm single and my kids are out of town. Here I am in my CRV. <laughs> One night. Yeah, it'd make me look like a responsible guy. I'd wear around glasses. Uh, you know, not quite like Ian's, but I don't wear glasses that made me look, you know, professional and I'd, you know, try to look a little bit sleek and cool. I'm an accountant, but for like cool stuff. And that's the thing. It's, it's like, you know, Hey, yeah, one night. Okay. And then, and then the Pacifica. I know you guys hate minivans because you guys are, uh, you know, into driving and all. We that actually stuff. don't hate minivans, but go on. Okay, go okay. On. yeah, all right. that's right. You have dogs, so yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> you throw cats in a minivan and drive really fast. And watch what they do. That would be entertaining. Um, the Pacifica is about the best driving minivan I've driven. Yeah, it's a good driving minivan, and it basically struck me as a wagon. Look, I got kids, so no, we, you, yeah. you know, and I have dogs, and I yeah. have uh, yeah. stuff, and so yeah, for having those things. Day-to-day driver, as much as I would really not be happy about it and I would lose my man card, yeah, I would drive that. That would be my daily driver out of the three you gave me. So we, yeah, we are, uh, we are also, in addition to being dog friendly, we are also minivan friendly because we feel right. that we, what happened with enthusiasts, especially sports car guys, we spent a generation deriding the minivan and we pushed people into SUVs, SUVs shitty, and, sure shitty. And, and shitty crossovers. Yes. Yes. And we, I rented a, what pushed us over the edge is I rented a Dodge journey and Oh my God. I hate that car so much. <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned that. Guess what I'm driving tomorrow or the next day. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. No kidding. It's a like, new, like off-road package or whatever they call it. Oh, uh, whatever. Off-road package. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I can actually find merit even in the Dodge journey, but I won't go there yet. In terms of minivans, um, you are absolutely right. The prior generation absolutely forced people into them by simply stating, well, you've given up. You, you know, you're, right. you're, you're just kids and a job and you don't care. And by painting that image on people, I think it was really unfair because the most utilitarian vehicles yes. out there are minivans. Yes. Yeah. You know, if you have kids. And what really sucks is, God, you know, dude, I, I had uh, SUVs and, and off-roaders and whatnot. And I remember my little guy trying to climb up into a, one of the crossovers that I brought over. I don't know. It was a Kia or whatever. And he's like climbing like he's trying to go up Everest. Right. He's climbing right. this damn thing and he's grabbing and he's puffing and he's puffing. It's a little five-year-old. And I'm looking and going, you know, if it's a minivan, he'd just hop on in and go right over to his yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so, sliding doors. Sliding doors. Well, we kind of sort of had a minivan. I, uh, we had a Mazda 5. I don't know if you Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. My, uh, that, uh, that my was uh, the, aunt and uncle had one of those, yeah. It's the best way of getting a vehicle. It's the only one that at the time was sold in the United States with a manual transmission option yep. and a third row seat. Yep. Amazing. Yep. And my spouse said no, because oh. there was nothing else out there she was even remotely interested in. So I get it. I, and I understand the purpose of the vans. You cannot get laid in them if you're single. However, <laughs> you can get laid in them. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Especially that Chrysler, man. They had some stow-and-go seats, a nice oh. flat floor. When they were showing it to me at this event they had down, and I was like looking at it going, oh, you could sleep in there. Oh, I could sleep in there with somebody else too. And you know, a big guy like me, and I'm saying this around this poor lady who's trying to show us the van, like, just shut up and look at what I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah, I, but that's that's my answer. So do we have an, another one? Yeah, oh yeah, we of got course. more. Yeah, the, yeah. the other thing about minivans, I just want to say quickly, oh, is that I feel like the, the the SUVs and crossovers are are compromised in in the what you're talking about the utilitarian yeah. of it and 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 in every other way too which is a whole other rant yeah but uh, I feel like uh, people bought more sports cars when they also had minivans because you had the instead now I think I feel like people have two vehicles that are compromised in equal ways right whereas before they would get the minivan for the things that they needed to do yeah and then the sports car for all the things they wanted to do that's a really good way of putting it and, and that doesn't happen that. anymore I'm, nope. so, I'm gonna please so do. steal that from you please do yeah but uh, no, that's a really good point and it actually goes for a lot of people out there who are um, you know they went from you know they, they had a family and now they're empty nesters and whatnot. Right. Um, even some of those people find the value in a minivan but are terrified about what the image is right and so they're gonna buy an SUV that compromises in so many ways the only thing I can say about that is that at least here in Colorado, there is an argument for a lot of SUVs, which is you know all-wheel drive and being able to handle snow. Sure, yeah, I guess I, I think that's all bullshit. But I mean, not yeah. well to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, it, dep- it depends on the person. I mean, look, going right. up to a, if you ski, right? Okay, then having something like a crossover does at times benefit the skier. I, I would say yeah. a dedicated set of snow tires more than anything else. Yeah. yeah Myself. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. And all three of us are, are not from Colorado originally. Now tell me, whenever you see a beat up, screwed up, rusted Subaru Legacy, uh-huh. what do you see on the top of that thing? As a bike rack, ski rack. Or yep. a ski rack. And usually yep. worth more than the car. True. Yeah, yep. Usually. yep. And the reason why, all-wheel drive, yeah. being able yeah. to get them, and having slightly higher uh, body off the ground. Look, dude, I mean, I've, I plow through snow in my car. I, yeah. I'm sure you do. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, I've plowed through snow before, and I've actually lost control. Yeah. And I've, and I've done it in a variety of different cars. I, I honestly do know that there is a benefit to it. However, right. uh, what if the minivan has all-wheel drive? Exactly. Which one exactly. does, the yeah. Sienna. All of a sudden, that argument is completely out the window. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, now we're going on a rant about No, it. no, no, no. But it's, 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 it's something I agree with you guys. And, and regardless of whoever watches a video that I do about a minivan, I don't like to badmouth them based on what the image is. Right. I only go on what the mechanicals are. Dude, I went around a track faster in a Toyota Sienna SE, which is a sport edition with the better wheels and the slightly better steering and suspension. Mm-hmm. I actually went around faster in that than I did in almost any other SUV leading up to things like like Mercedes and BMW. Sure, sure. So, I mean, you know, there, there is something to be said about that. Yeah, so, yeah. But I, I don't want to go on it too much because then all your listeners are going to think I'm unhip and I love minivans and I can't really go there. Oh, no, it's the new, I think that's, it's the new thing, I think. It's going to yeah. be the, 
that's going to be the new. Oh, do I have to grow like a total like a hipster beard to drive on now? And have, <laughs> yes. Like, was it the bun on the top of the head? Oh Jesus! Yeah. yeah, I can't stand the man bun. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. Tell tell him about our text message exchange. Ian. Oh yeah, so we had a uh, we had a text message exchange. This is when we knew we were meant to be. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was when we we just the blanket fort used to be much bigger, and then we just brought it right in. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it, you were at a coffee shop, I think. I, I was at Rosenberg's. Yeah. Oh, you were at a ba- at the bagel place, and, uh-huh. and you said a guy just walked in with no, a no. You told me. Oh, that's right. I said, oh yeah, that's right. I, uh, the guy walked in with a man bun, and I can't remember what else what there was. There was something about the way he was dressed. Oh, uh, wearing pajama pants. Pajama pants. Man bun. Yeah. Pajama and, pants. Man bun. And you said you'll never guess what kind of car he got out of. Yeah. Hint: You're wrong. <laughs> and and I was like, huh. Mercedes Benz G Wagon. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> You're kidding. No. I, I have the text message screenshot to prove it. And he was like, what the fuck just happened? You know, with, with all the things that are going wrong in this country, we should really put all our resources into looking for those people and doing horrible things to them. Yes. Just take all that energy and just say, you know, yeah. get them. Oh yeah. my God, as the worst. A G Wagon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say uh, AMG those- Wagon, but I knew I needed to go douchier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- those pajama pants were definitely bought with some sort of drug exchange. Yeah. God, that's just the worst. Sorry, guys. If you had yeah. a man, ban- man bun on your head and you're not a samurai, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. if you are, even yeah, yeah. it's yeah. modern day samurais. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, All right let's, FMK let's do one. All right, I've got one. All right, the Olympics are coming up. Okay, this is Olympic themed. I love Brazilians. Okay, <laughs> this is <laughs> moving on. This is. <laughs> This is making a ginger blush. Um, these are cars with sporting name events or sporting event names. First up, oh, and there's a catch. Okay, first I'll, I'll be quiet until you're done. Okay, first up, an AMC Javelin. The catch is you have a javelin. <laughs> you're carrying a javelin with you out the side of the AMC javelin all the time. I like to think also when you stop at stop signs, you just, you throw it with the momentum of your stopping. Real quick question. Just, sure. I, I don't want to disqualify uh, myself, but no. it, does this javelin have a 360 V8 or is it something that has a straight six? Whatever you want. Okay, continue. Okay. All right. <laughs> then we have the Volkswagen Polo. Uh, in this, you wear water wings, a nose plug, and a swim cap. I, any other clothing is up to you. It could just be that. <laughs> I can get away with that in Colorado, I think. <laughs> yeah, sure. Definitely. Right. And then lastly, we have a Mercedes Sprinter van. Uh, you're wearing running shorts, and they're short. <laughs> uh, and you, you have to... Ian came up with this tag, and it's so... Mwah, perfect. You have to go through an 80s sports training montage every time you get out of the car. Think Rocky Four and the the training montage. Just oh, yeah. bad synth music. Yeah. All right. You're so, going to hear Eye of the Tiger so many somebody's times. Somebody's going to spray me with a spray bottle so I look all sweaty. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Like, like, and rippling sweat. Yes. Yeah, first of all, really funny that you guys are putting a, fall, a really fat, bald guy uh, in Speedos and sweating in a van. That in <laughs> itself, that would work in Russia, I think. But um, no, uh, Like Rocky IV. Well, what's really funny is that, guys, I've been on a kick recently. I've been uh, Battle of the Network Stars. Okay. Uh, I grew up watching this stuff, and it was terrible. And I haven't seen it in years, and all of a sudden, I found it again. And I've been watching it because it's 
just like, how does he keep his hair so pretty when he's running? And <laughs> go NBC or whatever. It's just bizarre. So this this really touches on something I'm I'm fond of. Okay, so um, I would kill the van. Okay, I can't I can't be a sweaty swarthy guy and, and expect to be happy. So there's just that. Okay, all okay. right, okay. But I would have a tryst with the javelin. Why? Because I am a 70s fan. Okay. So what I would do is I actually have um, uh, various types of colognes at home. So I would probably, the high karate is tempting, but <laughs> I think I would go into um, the uh, le- um, English leather. Okay. Splash right. that puppy on. Uh-huh. Okay. Grow out my, my best 70s cocaine mustache. <laughs> shave off the beard. Okay. Uh-huh. Probably have to wear a wig because bald guys in the 70s with the mustache, I guess village people, I could probably make Se- 70s, they would definitely would have had a rug. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, be, yeah, and not a very good one either. Right. That's a cool thing. So yeah, to, to glue on a rug, and you know, get my disco pants going. I could probably find some something that's really good made out of uh, you know a flammable a flammable material. material. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not thinking one piece. No, oh, no, not a one. <laughs> I can't pull off the onesie though. Yeah, I just right. I, no, it's it's just the shoulders are too big. Um, Team you know, clear just, coat. We can't pull off the onesie. No, nope. <laughs> there you go. I, there's your byline. Um, anyway, so I would definitely go with the javelin for a one night trip. Okay, and I would All find right. that girl who's wearing the bell bottoms. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and then the guitar in the background. You know, whack, 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 as yes, I, as I, yes. Having my own theme and everything else. That's my one night love. Okay. Thing. All right. Okay, I have to equate it to women because otherwise it's the gayest possible thing I just mentioned about wearing tight clothing and, and wearing English leather. Okay, finally, um, the uh, the Polo. I drive that every day. Okay. Volkswagen Polo is a damn good little car. At least the old one I drove. I drove, uh, it was like a 92 or 93. Uh, so that was, I think it was a three-cylinder yeah. thing. Okay. And it, it uh-huh. was 50 horsepower maybe. Mm-hmm. It was such a fun little car. Right. It was just, I love little cars. Yeah. I have a thing about little tiny cars. I wish there were more of them. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I, it's a whole other, this was another shutter really wouldn't go through. But yeah, I would absolutely own the, the Polo. So nice. there it is, even with the little swim thing on my head. And why bother putting a swim thing on a bald guy's head? I I don't know. Yeah. See, maybe there you go. Just wouldn't, to pop a color on top. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could paint the top and make it work. Uh, so there you go. There, there's, that, that's my three. Nice. Okay. Nice. Any more? Yeah, you got yep. one. Uh, I've got one more. Okay, oh. so this one also has a twist. Okay, so this please. is uh, in uh, in honor of your uh, your uh, Motor Mountain project. Okay. This one's called, I live my life in a state of annoyance. <laughs> cars with a state-based twist. Okay. Okay, so I've tried to match cars to their to their natural state habitat. Okay. And then there's also a state-based behavior twist with it. Okay. All right. So 1985 Camaro IROC Z. So it's the third gen Camaro. And it's the most rednecky one you can think of. Like the most like T-tops. T-tops. Yes. I'm, you know, we're we're drinking natty light and wrenching on it in in our yard sort of thing. God. Okay. This car lives in Maryland. During every interaction with another human, you must at some point shout, Have you tried the crab cakes? <laughs> I mean, just full volume. Oh, boy, that would be rough. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and well, what are you guys smoking? I mean, <laughs> just to come up with these. It, it's just recycled air from the blanket form. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, yeah the, the, it, it yeah. does. It's a form of levity <laughs> in here. That's just different. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. No, this that's right. Incredible. We eat psychotropic mushrooms and then <laughs> farts and then and and it just recycles. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next one. 1990 Lincoln Town Car. So this is the second generation town car. Okay. Any guesses as to the natural habitat? Well, ironically, my father owned one, and it was a 1990. Oh, really? Uh, no kidding. Oh, okay. Well, this so one this kind. one lives in Florida. Okay, that works. <laughs> right? 
You will, <laughs> you you live in Florida with this car, where you will become the state's largest purveyor of bath salts. Are you familiar with the with bath salts? This, I, I've seen them before. I, I, you know, I reportedly have even used bath salts. Okay, so no, this, this, that's not the type of bath salts I'm referring to. Oh, this is something different. The bath salts I'm referring to are, uh, these are uh, notorious synthetic drugs. Oh, these yeah. are the ones. You just went straight on me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Th- these are the ones that a few years ago caused someone, surprise, surprise, in Florida <laughs> to eat another man's face off. To just oh, like, the chimpanzee man. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw the whole thing on that. That's what um, these drugs are. And oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, sort of like bathtub drugs. So it's not living in Miami getting the cocaine in the back no, no, or anything no, no, like no. that. No, no, no. This is something else. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah wow, yeah. you went to a whole new level. Not the, not the fun parts of Florida. No, <laughs> no. Definitely yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to be like the Heisenberg of bath salts <laughs> in Florida. All right? Oh, my God. Okay, continue, please. <clears throat> this is great. Okay. 2004, Audi Allroad. So you're going to be fixing things a lot. (laughs) You're going to live in Vermont. The last step of your daily morning routine is just slathering yourself in maple syrup. (laughs) Wow. Oh, got choices, choices. Is there any, do I have to yell anything as I'm doing it? Or do, no, I, do I, mean, I drink the maple optional. syrup and say, I am optional. all that is man? <laughs> you can. That was a yeah. super trooper. I like, uh, yeah, there. yeah, absolutely. Very few people got that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, wow. Whew. This is, um, this is a tough one because I mean, <laughs> because you're the heavy idiot. drugs versus the maple syrup <laughs> versus, oh, wow, really? Um, <laughs> and, and this is when we broken guests. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a little little wisp of uh, uh, smoke just came out of my nostril. Log, log it in an hour, 25, and 23 seconds on the recorder. <laughs> wow, have I been doing that this long? Okay. Uh, Lincoln, town car, I would get rid of uh, too many daddy issues. Not to mention the fact that I would just ignite my head on fire if I were to take those drugs. Yeah. Uh, I would own the Audi Allroad. Um Without a doubt, because I just love smearing maple syrup all over me anyway. Who wouldn't? I mean, it's in Vermont, too, so I I can wear Birkenstocks. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Always wanted to do that. Just syrup them up before you slide your feet into them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like an American. Syrup it up. (laughs) Like a real American. That's what Americans do. Just get that syrup in them shoes, boy. Yeah. Um, And what was that first one again? The the 85 Camaro Camaro. IROC. And it's the, the, have you tried the crab cakes? Okay. So the Camaro, uh, I used to own uh, an 84. Oh, really? Not an IROC, though. It was a, it was a V6. It's uh-huh. a hopeless piece of junk, and I drove it in high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and so that would be my tryst car uh, for one night, and uh-huh. I would call out the crab cakes. Yeah. But I would do it in a really weird place, like where they serve crab, for one thing. Like um, at a hospital? That would be good. <laughs> oh, oh, I was thinking a little one step further, a hospice care place or something <laughs> yeah. like that. End of life. Yeah. And just saying, you know, not have you, but. Try the crab cakes. Yeah. And just see what happens. Because all these old people would be like, uh, I didn't know it was on the menu. Yeah. And then they would just totally screw up everything there. Then I would fly off in my Camaro and it would break down about three blocks later. Yeah. Yes. We always yes. we always joke about like, you know, these twists that we give each other, uh, making delicate interactions really kind of unfortunate. Like <laughs> if when you show up someplace in your Volkswagen Polo with uh-huh. your water wings and your swim cap and your nose thing and you're delivering bad news to someone, that's not going to go well. You know, you can't do that and be like, well, he didn't make it. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't go well. 
It's probably the same thing with the maple syrup. I'd probably yeah. use the zinc that would probably come with that outfit and write it on my chest saying he didn't make it. There you <laughs> go. Show it and then just leave, you know? Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah, I like um, it. I like it. You just lead yeah. right into it. I yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. why I not? Like it. You know, um, yeah, so maple syrup with the Audi, that would be my day-to-day. And I've had good experiences with all roads, and I've had bad experiences with all roads. So it's sort of a lifestyle car. Yeah, we. Uh, I have uh, two friends that have all roads, and I like uh, bringing him up on the show because they're so notoriously unreliable, and my friend just adores his, and I just like giving him Does shit he about have the it. Adjustable suspension, yeah, yeah. The, is it the manual with the third row seat? They're almost impossible to find. No, no. So that he's he's got the it's the two seven with the yeah. the six speed uh, auto, and then the uh, uh, the airbags that you know, of course, cracked, and he had to replace them with the aftermarket ones and whatever. Yeah, so. uh, those those things. You know, it's it, they're really cool to drive at first. Yeah. And then they're really horrible to maintain. That's they, the bottom line. I think really you just are. summed up all of Audi, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Audi, um, if you're listening, no, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with somebody with else's that. voice. Yeah. Okay, next. All right, so this is the last one I okay. have. Uh, so this is, this is uh, from the archives. This is one Ian made, and it's uh, what I consider one of our greatest hits. Okay, well, it's going to be painful. Yeah. So in this, uh, since we talked about car culture so much, we're... Uh, Actually, first, the thing that I want you to do is I want you to give me a car, any car. Okay. And then you're not giving me any uh, preference nope. or anything. Just else. give me just, any just car. Go ahead. Give you any yep. car. Yep. Okay. Um, how about a 1982 uh, Jeep, sla- no, AMC uh-huh. Eagle. Yes. 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 Okay. Thank you so much. I try, yeah, I, try to keep it all wheel drive or four wheel drive. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have like the Eagle was like my Farrah Fawcett poster when I was a kid. Like really when I was a kid, I saw an AMC Eagle on the street and I was like, I don't know what that is or why I like it, but it makes me feel funny. And that is really cool. Oh, and so you did eat paint chips. <laughs> yeah. so I'm not sure we have enough time to delve into all this. That's, that's this is... a deep, deep canyon to dive into. <laughs> that wow. was like my automotive puberty. Like, <laughs> Did it have the fake wood paneling on the side? Yes. Holy cow. I mean, why wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. My grandparents had one of these too. And it was in that, that fantastically 70s brown. Yeah. Oh. Um, it didn't have the paneling, but it was in that just great, great, just deep brown. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, boy. Okay. 82 AMC Eagle. Okay. All right. We're going all wheel drive. Yep. Okay. So in this, I we're going to have you pick between three different iterations of this car. Okay. Uh, for three different car cultures. So first up, we have a hella flush stance bro AMC Eagle. How would you do that? Wow, that would be hard, right? Yeah, but airbags, it's low. Solid it's front stance. axle or solid front and rear axle, I believe. So yeah, no, 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 it's an independent front. It would, yeah, you could do it. It would just be really ridiculous. And I guess you'd have to remove the rear axle and somehow put in an independent rear axle. Sure, because cost is no option here. Yeah, so. there's no yeah. option. Okay, so consider slammed, it done. Stance, yeah. got it. Okay. Yep, exactly. Right. All right, that's just one. Eating tires left and right. Oh yeah, you make okay. it 19 feet and then you have to get a new set. Exactly. <laughs> got it. So then the second one is a bro truck version of the AMC Eagle. Now, when you say bro, do you see bro? Or bro, bro, well, the flattest brim bro truck you can. Think yeah, of. so okay. it, it's lifted. It's light lots bars. of chrome light bars. Are the testicles hanging off the back? The, if you know, you'd the, the, like, yeah, okay. sure, okay. sure. Okay. Maybe just two eagle heads. Eagle heads. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Big NRA sticker in the window. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. So then, lastly, we have a donk. <laughs> <laughs> An AMC Eagle donk. So FMK okay. Stance Bro Eagle, 
Uh, <laughs> bro truck eagle, donk eagle. I seriously think I'd get lynched if I drove the, the stance. I mean, first of all, people just look at it and go, how and why? And I would not be able to But isn't to that the whole purpose? No, no, not in my case. <laughs> I, actually, I actually enjoy to actually drive. I don't know how that would even be possible, like in terms of physics. Yeah. So yeah. I'd kill that. Yeah. No, I can't do it. Uh, I'd do one night in the uh, donk. Okay. Yeah, I definitely would because uh, it's, I actually know some people who would get a real kick out of that. So, okay. And I know the type of people. So that yeah. just caters to my personality. And it would be kind of fun just for one stupid night. And then, yeah, I guess the, the full-on uh, good old boy, four-by-four style, let's go out and just kick some shit, have some good times. Yeah, I think that would probably be the one I drive every day. Okay. Especially living here in Colorado. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I, you know, I have to throw that in there. Great. Now I'm going to be getting, like, freaking tweets and whatnot of, like, people who've modified <laughs> them going, no, you got to check this out. You got to drive it, man. Well, we have an internet friend named Jeremy that has a lifted AMC Eagle. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I've actually seen pictures of people who have lifted them. Yeah. And yeah. they're the same guys who sometimes will actually go and lift Subarus, too. Okay. Right. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. yeah. It's really kind of cool. Yeah. The whole, like, off-road sports car thing is something we're super excited about. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's kind of like rally car on heavy drugs. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 It's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the... the uh, there's this whole thing now where people doing doing that with like 240s, uh, Nissan 240s, and 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 doing just keeping them rear drive and yeah. big tires. Yeah, uh, rear big drive, uh, rear drive, and one guy made one uh, 240 into a pickup truck. Oh, awesome! I kid you not. It, there and you I go. saw it recently on Twitter, and uh, you guys could probably look it up and find it. I think it was white, and he did a really good job. Huh. It looks good. That'd be nice. Awesome. Yeah, nice. It's, a, it's a trip. That's so, yeah, I mean, so I, funny. Modifying vehicles and doing fun things with them is, you know, it's part of the spirit of the whole car culture thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around how a stance look on a uh, AMC Eagle, any AMC Eagle, would look because there were there were five or six different. Eagles, right? You know, uh, and I just can't. I can't do it. I'm just not that creative. <laughs> it's too painful to actually get my brain into that direction. So. Well, you killed it. You don't have to. Okay, it's, it's, it's dead. We're it's gonna gone. get through yeah. this together, buddy. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need some counseling after this with that one alone. Jeez. Yet another blanket port therapy session. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah. these blankets are doing weird things. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, thank, uh, that's that's a wow. <laughs> That's that's a good one. You guys actually thought these up. That's incredible. <laughs> a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, that encapsulates this whole thing. <laughs> you kind of taper off. I think you should have. You known- guys actually thought. <laughs> you should have opened with the uh, with the AMC, and that would have been even more interesting. <laughs> I can't believe that I said that, and then you were talking. Yeah. Out of all the cars I could have picked, I should have been like a freaking Alfa Romeo or something like that. I swear yeah. to God. Yeah, you know. Yeah, next okay. time. Next yeah, time. but then you, you want to piss some purists off, donk an Alfa Romeo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm a big Alfa fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I don't, how can you not be? They're, uh, they're fantastically. Just so you guys know, I didn't know you if you were going to ask me like my favorite car, but I actually have one. <clears throat> okay. Oh, please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah uh, 1968 to 1971, the Alfa Romeo uh, 33 Stradalia, which is built for the street. Okay. Yeah, it's it, the Tipo 33. So that's it, considered, in my mind, the most beautiful thing ever built. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it, gorgeous. It is stupid pretty. And it, it's it's more than that. It's 2.8 liter V8 with velocity stacks that look like they were hand-built carefully. Nobody does intakes like Alpha. Nobody. Yeah. And uh, inboard yeah. brakes, six-speed manual, not five, six-speed manual transmission. This car broke so many boundaries. And at the same time, it's never been really embraced as... I feel it should be. It's sort of a sad car in that respect, but it is just 
sex on wheels. It is beautiful. And yeah, I would probably sell a few organs to get one. Nice. Nice. Even my own. <laughs> so yeah, I throw that out there. That, that, that makes everything a little bit more pure. No more thinking about those AMC eagles. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there's a cleansing. Yeah, yeah, yeah the amuse bouche of cars. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I feel better. Uh, I am the clean. amuse bosch. I like yeah. it. Yeah, Ian. Yes. What What do you say we wrap it up? I think I think that's probably a good idea. We've We've kept him here long enough. <laughs> yes. I unfortunately I'm I'm right from here. I'm leaving uh, 48 hours for a Nissan event. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get to do the let's say the new Nissan Armada, the Nissan Titan, the half ton, and the Nissan Pathfinder. Oh okay. A lot of vehicles that people hate or love. Yeah. There's like so little gray area for all those. So it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, so how can people best find you on the internet? Easy way to do it is I'm, I'm on tflcar.com or tfltruck.com. Obviously, I'm all over YouTube. I don't mean to make it sound that way, but it's true. I mean, you know, TFL Car has got a, quite a presence. Uh, the Fastlane Car. Or you can go, uh, our new thing is AutoWorks TV. So it's AutoWorks.TV. And that's a really cool channel. I highly recommend it because, I mean, 24-7 auto everything racing you name it it's all there and it's it's cool it's fun so awesome uh, yep so that's how you can find me uh and i'm sorry if i bored you guys out there so uh no 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 <laughs> no this is great yeah for sure uh do you, are you on you're on twitter and oh yeah uh, twitter uh, yeah and nathan adlin at twitter it's just my name nathan adlin a-d-l-e-n that's all it's you know i'm and also i have my own page on facebook i look i love you guys out there but if you go and try to friend me on my facebook page my wife finds out and she's like oh you don't know who that person is. <laughs> Things get bad. So I have my own like fan site page as well. So I'm not doing it because I'm conceited. I'm doing it so I can maintain a marriage. Yeah. Like All right. Yeah, we, we touched on a lot of good things today, Ian. Yeah, I think we yeah. I think we did well. Yeah. You want to close us out? I do, yeah. So listeners can uh, send us an email with their own FMK car suggestions. Uh, send us an email. Write us a review on iTunes. Uh, let's see. You can reach us by email, teamclearcoat at gmail.com. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Team Clear Coat. You can find that handsome devil across from me, Ian, on Instagram and Twitter at IRollSoHard, E-Y-E, RollSoHard. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at NuckNuckGoose, N-U-K, N-U-K, Goose. And, uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nathan. This was a blast. It was Come a back pleasure. Anytime. It was a lot of fun. You guys are awesome. Um, and uh, for, for the radio crowd out there, Really, truly, there's a freaking blanket that surrounds us. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you guys. They're not screwing around. They got blankets here. <laughs> Cut his mic, Ian. Cut his mic before he tells him <laughs> too much. <laughs>